I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Podcast going to talk about nurtured on the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? This is the Geek Down Podcast, the show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name's Jordan Ferguson. I'm in Toronto, Ontario. Joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch in scenic Hamilton, Ontario, it's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah! I feel like we need one of those cheer <laughs> bits like that. You want, the roar, like one of those. you want the roar of crowds? Yeah, I want the roar. I'll see if I, I can. Want find, the roar. I can probably find you some crowd noise. Now they put drops in and post. It's much easier to just add what bespoke drops as needed. Friends, this is episode yeah. 199. As are they all, until such time as we can do a proper episode 200. Which I mean, hey, might not be ever. Word has it on the street. We're wearing masks for the next three years. So hey, hey, hey. who knows? Who knows? We could just be 199 score. Forever. If you want to hear all of our other 199 episodes or all of our other episode 199s, head on over wherever you get your audio content. Search Geek Down Podcast. Bam. It shows up. You hit subscribe. You don't have to do anything else because from that point forward, deliver to your device with nary an effort from you ever again, your mans. Jesse Foster Lucas Third, Geek Down in Net Elf. Oh, girl, he's just going to drop those episodes straight into your device. You don't have to do anything else. One less thing to worry about for you. Leaving you more time to process the Cardi B making the Stallion video. <laughs> yeah, and you should go watch it. <laughs> Y'all, I just got to say, like, <laughs> I, I hit up Kate. I was debating telling Kate about it when I got her on the phone. And then as I'm like, you know, you good? You ready? Like, we, we, we got to get going. She's like, yeah, I'm just watching the WAP video. So give me like a, give me like a couple seconds. <laughs> like I was <laughs> yeah, I just, literally just about to tell minute. you to watch that. Yeah. And then I was, I was waiting for her. Mr. Malosh messaged me a reference to the WAP video as well. So uh, do your things, ladies. It is, I, as someone has mentioned that this is, this is the song we needed for the summer. <laughs> just, I just needed something absurd. Just something absurd to take yourself off the insanity of your life. Macaroni in the pot, y'all. <laughs> Macaroni in the pot. The best part was, for me, watching the video, because I don't know, was your video censored? Like, I, I watched the radio edit. No, mine was not censored. <laughs> so I ended up watching the radio edit, and it's wet and gushy on the radio edit. And I was like, that's, that's not WAP. Oh, my old man self tried to put it together. Like, oh, that's what it is. Also, did you see the uh, petition to get Kylie Jenner removed from the video? People are not happy she's in No, it. but I was like, when I saw her, I was like, is she about to drop some some lines? Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Kylie Jenner just coming in to spit bars for y'all. Friends, if you have some thoughts about the WAP video, feel free to uh, share them with us. Uh, any social media, primarily Twitter. It's mostly where we will hang out. If you have lengthy thoughts about the WAP video, you can always email us, geekdownpod at gmail.com. If you would like to support this endeavor financially so we can quit our jobs and just watch the WAP video forever, uh, we appreciate it, but we respectfully decline. You need to save your money. It's still it's still a weird time out there. So, yes, the Patreon is still on pause, possibly forever. I don't know. We'll see. Some A lot of us are going back to work, so I don't know. But it's not like we can really give you any extras right now. So probably will we'll remain on pause for some time. But if you're feeling generous, you can always buy us a coffee because we are not going out for coffees possibly ever again. Go ahead to ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. Three bucks if you are so inclined. We appreciate every dollar that you provide to this endeavor. Kate? Yeah. I got to work today. Ugh. Gross. On a Sunday, I toil. Yeah, not, I toil gross. not on ye Sabbath. Actually, fun fact: the Sabbath is supposed to be on the Saturday. I know it's supposed to be on the Saturday. <laughs> Technically, so really, you're kind of effed no matter what. Well, I toiled on ye that Sabbath too. too yeah, much, that's what I mean. Too you're much just totally fucked. You're definitely going to hell now. Too much toiling. Um, I mean, watching the WAP video and toiling on ye Sabbaths, you're going to hell. Well, I watched the WAP video on, like, Friday, so. 
I was already. <laughs> no, I'm watching it at all. <laughs> According to the conservatives, horrifying. Oh my god, have you seen anything? They must be losing their fucking minds. Oh yeah, there's this whole thing about. Oh, I did see that. Some some, some congressman tweeted something, and somebody replied to him about how he definitely watches Ebony Porn. <laughs> well, uh, it was uh, do do. James P. Bradley. Yes. Um, and he, the best part of his tweet was that he, he heard the song accidentally, and people are just like roasting him over it. Uh huh. You ain't out. It ain't, it ain't a normal summer. You ain't hearing stuff bumping from the car, my dude. Mm-hmm. You, you looked for that shit. Anyway, listen. Well, I don't know about your house, but in this house, we love Megan Thee Stallion. So any. Any further shine she gets is well-deserved. I'm excited. I'm just excited that there are more main mainstream female rappers. Listen, Kate, I will send you a link later. Yeah. For a song produced by DJ Premier by Armani Caesar that fucking slaps. Bars. I was about to say, does it slap? Bars, is it like, kid. Uh, hit a bitch in the club? Like, yeah, kind of. It's like, so our friend Gina, um, even though she's like mostly like, you know, K-pop country, has a real like surprising like Lil' Kim loving Sorry. like strain through her. Eh. I have to interject. Um, it's not K-pop country as in that is a new genre of music. It's K-pop or country. K-pop slash country. Yeah. But also has this like strain of like dirty lady gangster rap and like loves knows every word on i'm pretty sure the entire hardcore album by lil kim i sent this to gina and was like this is what you need in your life gina (laughs) and she was like i agree and this is this song's courtesy of the uh, griselda crew which i doubt you would have heard but this is like a bubbling all the time they may have got the cosign from eminem at this point and maybe uh on his label imprint but they were an indie label out of buffalo and it's cats like Westside gun and conway and Benny the Butcher, and then, you know, you got to have a lady, and their lady is really good. So I will send you that link later. And I'll send you another link from OK Player that rounded up just how much the ladies are killing it right now on cool. on the rap scene. A lot of, yeah, lot, it's, been, it's been a long, long time coming. So. A lot of good lady rap out there. Uh, anyway, I don't know that we have news to talk about today. This is technically the beginning of August Watcherama. I, I got news. You got news. Well, then hit I, me. I took a perusal. I saw shit, so go ahead. All right. There is an Animaniacs revival coming to Hulu. I did see that, yes. That is news. <laughs> is it? Yes, it is like part of the DNA makeup of my childhood. <laughs> um, Animaniacs, which, of course, uh, 90s cartoon, came after Tiny Toons. Um, and was just, it was kind of wild for in the, the 90s. In that golden age, late 90s, mid to late 90s, WB Kids era of animation. The same era that brought you Batman, yeah. the animated series. And was Static Shock part of that too? Like, No, uh, well see, I didn't, I think Static Shock was after. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, Tiny um, Toons was more of like an anthology, it was almost like a sketch comedy show. It was just like a bunch of different shorts. Uh, Slappy the Squirrel, which to me is basically what I want to be when I'm older. See, oh, like people keep mentioning, surprisingly, I keep having Animaniacs references brought into my life lately. Uh, a coworker was singing the Chicken Boo theme song the other day, which I thought. Like, oh my God! Chicken Boo, what's the matter with you? Sorry, you don't everyone. act like the other chickens do. This is now in your. Wear a disguise to look like human guys, but you're not a man, man, you're a chicken boo. boo. I yeah. literally sang that two days ago yeah. at Chris. Sorry, that's now in your head, everyone, because it was stuck in my head for the rest of the fucking morning after he did that. Yeah, that's so. the summer hit of the season. <laughs> Chicken Boo featuring Cardi B and Megan the Stallion. <laughs> it's just it's just the WAP video with him standing in the background. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my god, Twitter, make that for me. Uh, speaking of Twitter, the other anime next reference I had recently. So one of the infamous sketches was it wasn't even a sketch, it wasn't even comedy. It was just like a feat. Was the uh, Every Country in the World song? Yes. Sung by one of the titular Warner Brothers, I believe it was Yakko, that's the one without the hat, the oldest Yakko Warner Um, and it was 
It was a tweet that just said, and now Yakko Warner will list for you all the countries you can travel to as an American without restrictions. Honduras. <laughs> and it was just like a loop of silence while the song while the song played. Um, yeah, just a bunch of different, really notable, really, I don't want to say adult, like worked on both levels. I remember there was a, there was a sketch where the middle brother had to go to the bathroom and like... It just showed he had to go in the movie and he was in a movie theater and had to go to the bathroom. And it was just like a commercial for lemonade. And just like my my late teenage face being like, you, you can do that? <laughs> they also, well, they gave us things like Pinky in the Brain. Right, obviously. Um, and, and they just, what they did was the kind of thing that The Simpsons did, where there were a lot of references to a lot of old movies and TV shows and it kind of was this bridge to things for, for at least for me as a kid mm. um, or recognizing sort of some kind of things or asking my parents like, what is this? Um, and sort of being able to breaching the gap of, of entertainment history, basically. Um, which there's like a slappy squirrel episode where she talks about how she was part of the original Looney Tunes, but she was too, like, violent, so I, like, kicked <laughs> her out. Um, and it was sort of, like, this idea of old Hollywood and women not having a place in old Hollywood, and it was right. actually really good. Um, and that kind of, that sticks with me, right? Like, after all these years. Um, so, yeah, I'm very, obviously very excited about that. Well, there's some news for you. You got anything else? I did see that uh, Ava DuVernay is apparently taking popular Twitter account One Perfect Shot and turning it into a documentary series for HBO. So that's something for all the oh. film heads out there. You see that Twitter account that's just like, it's literally called One Perfect Shot, and it'll just be like Luke looking at the two moons on Tatooine or something. And it's just like the photo. But I guess this um, documentary series will probably go into everything that went into making that One Perfect Shot whether that's the film and the cinematographers and things like that. So something for the film nerds out there, if you're shelling out for HBO Max. Yeah. Um, other very exciting news about uh, things coming back from the 90s. Oh, Lord. The Amazon has uh, given a series order to a league of their own. Hmm. Kay. And I'm very excited. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean, Okay. It's going to be really hard for me to look at this, and maybe they were tweeting this because of this announcement, but somebody was, like, tweeting that they should just make a League of Their Own sequel that starts from the moment the black woman throws the the pitch at Gina Davis and then follows her, because there were black women who played uh, who played baseball. Well, that's, that's part of the series. They said that's going to be part of the series? Yeah, there's, um, in the, like, uh, some of the... Um, pictures. They have two, at least two black women. All right. Um, so I, it's, it's not the same stories. It's other stories that are part of that, um, that history. So I'm very excited about it. Ladies looking good and playing baseball. <laughs> Little frilly skirts and knee socks. Yeah. And, um, uh, the show comes from Abby Jacobson. And Will Graham, apparently not the guy from Hannibal. I don't know why that's important, but apparently it was special importance. <laughs> felt, the was made. To, felt the need to point that out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about it and hope it does well. Um, let's see what else. Oh, Nina DaCosta uh, has been put at the helm of the second Captain Marvel movie. Who she? she is the first black woman to direct a Marvel movie. Oh, okay. So she did Little Woods and, and Candy Ann. Um, and that's exciting. Um, just, you know, for giving people the chance to direct things that don't always have the chance to direct things. And possibly giving Captain Marvel more to do. Yeah, hopefully. And before we go on to other things, I really just want to give everybody uh, an astronomy minute. Oh, hot damn. It's been it's been a hot minute for Caitlin's astronomy minute. It has been. But as I think I mention every year, it's uh Perseid meteor shower time. 
Take a pause and lay out for air horns, y'all. Yeah, that, no, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> um, so the Persaids are um, um, uh, one of two large meteor showers in the year. Um, the Persaids are great because obviously it takes place in the summer. Um, the other one it usually takes place in February, so not as warm for people in the northern hemisphere. Um, this year, the peak um, mornings, and I'll get to the, the, the wording of mornings, um, is August 11th, 12th, and 13th, which is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, there is a little bit of a moon, so you might not see quite as many as usual, but it is still fabulous. You see about, I think they said something around like 40 to 50 meters per hour at the shower's peak, so that's pretty cool. Um, mornings, by that I mean sort of after midnight. Um, you also might want to check where in your area the moon um, rises or sets because that will also help you see more if the moon's not around. And it's just a good time. I know it's in the middle of the week, um, but if you live somewhere where you don't have a lot of light pollution or you can get out, it's worth being tired the next day um, because it's such a phenomenal um, show. And it's I, I, I saw a shooting star um, or a meteor um, like a maybe a month or two ago um, in Hamilton. And it like, every time you see one, you just sort of, the magnificence of the galaxy is just brought to the forefront. And it's always a, a really <clears throat> beautiful, interesting, exciting um, moment to see things sort of like streaking across the sky. Wow. Anyways, if you're interested, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week, uh, take a look, especially Northern Hemisphere, um, and you can also check on, there's tons of different websites that have, you know, the moon set and rise time, um, whether skies are going to be clear in your area, all of that, um, you know, pack up some hot chocolate, take a warm sweater, um, and, uh, and enjoy the show. Yeah. I'm remembering here as I was, as I glanced at something on my second screen here. Now, there was some news. I didn't know if I wanted to get into it. It's a little, it's, it's interesting, but not exactly uh, fun and fancy free. Um, we will recall in my dalliances with K-pop over the years, if I always said that, you know, if the, if Japan's perfume were my alphas and omegas, my enjoyment of them came more of the, like, you know, standard, uh, you know, idol fan experience of just like, you just want to support them and see them do well. There's no like weird, I don't know, for me, people can argue either way and people have argued either way, but I don't really feel any like, you know, sexiness to perfume. I just want to see them slay and, and do well. Um, yeah. Cause also perfume was, has never really been selling that. You're not going to see perfume making the WAP video anytime soon. Is what no, I'm, say is they what I'm saying. Are, <laughs> they are part of that Megan the Stallion and, um, and Beyonce song. They're, they're the classy bougie part. <laughs> yes. There's um, no ratchet. There's no ratchet. Little ratchet was Korean uh, group Ace of Angels, henceforth referred to as AOA, <laughs> which was the first K-pop group I ever got to. And if I had no sexual interest in perfume, I had lots of sexual interest in AOA because they were selling it. Boy, were they. They had a song called Like a Cat, y'all. Huh. <laughs> Not, not overt, not overt, not exactly subtle either. Anyway, they, <laughs> not overt. <laughs> they started as a seven piece. Um, were there seven of them initially? I think they were. They actually started as a band and then they like, but would also do like straight girl group type stuff. Their main vocal left and then um, they were down to, they were seven. Then they were down, I think they were down to a six and then they were down to a five for a while. And the last one who left was um, this girl, Mina. Who just kind of left on some, like, you know, I want to be an actress type of thing. Okay, well, that's sad. We hate to see the, it's probably last days for the group. Um, the group actually had a bit of a comeback last year when they were on this, like, competition show for girl groups in Korea called Queendom. Right, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And they actually had a, a kind of resurgence of interest then. And maybe it was in regards to that or something else. I don't know. But this summer, Mina has been on Instagram just airing them the fuck out oh and basically accusing oh my god hmm. there's tea 
<laughs> yes, there's tea. Okay, you... hold on. Hold on. <laughs> oh, no. There's tea. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course that's what would fucking happen. <laughs> there's tea in my lungs. Oh, God. Oh, she was so excited about that bit, and it went horribly, horribly wrong. Always does. Friends, even when we got to oh. bust out a quick episode because I got to go to work, we'll still give you something that'll make listening to the whole thing. Oh. <sighs> okay. Oh, mercy. I'm fine. <laughs> yes, there is tea. Maybe the sort of tea that will also burn your lungs. Um, she basically accused the leader, and, you know, I'm not an authority on, you know, Korean social constructions, but I am led to believe that age plays a huge role in, you know, hierarchy in korea and in like the band group structure there's always a maknae which is just the youngest by default and there are certain like roles and expectations put on the maknae because of because just by virtue of her being born six months you know later than everyone else um and i think Mm -hmm. the leader of aoa was jimin and i think she was the leader just because she was the oldest anyway amina basically aired out jimin for bullying her basically the entire time they were in the group um, and like yelling at her for bringing people down when her mom, when Mina's mom was dying or Mina's dad was dying mm-hmm. of cancer. And Jimin was like, don't bring everybody down. Like you're, you're causing the group to suffer from your own selfishness, blah, 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 that type of shit. Jeez, and yeah. just general like bullying. I don't remember all the details, but like, and that it led to self-harm. She basically posted a image of like scars on her wrist and was like, this is what y'all brought me to um so again anything that drops the curtain on a very carefully constructed sort of you know industry that wants to keep everybody likable and never be controversial and things of that sort when that curtain gets dropped it's like catnip for you know tabloids and blogs and shit like that so this shit was just started like exploding and then basically the thing was anything that would happen mina would just air him out again <laughs> And it was, like, it was getting really bad. It was getting to the point where, like, you know, you started to feel like, okay, enough's enough. We just need to get her somewhere. And that's the point we're at now because she basically, apparently, allegedly, well, when this, when Mina aired all this shit out, Jimin posted on her story for only a few minutes, which is more than enough for Korean netizens to (laughs) snag uh, just the word fiction on her stories didn't say what it was just the word fiction and they snagged that shit and was like well i wonder what she's talking about mina got word of that air jameen's ass out again saying you tell me it's you know you said this and this but you were bringing dudes back to the dorm to fuck and like (laughs) um so then allegedly mina's not in the group not affiliated with that agency like nothing she's like officially like out but apparently they all went current members jimin the the aid her old agency went to mina's house to like try to apologize Mina wasn't really having it and aired him out again. Oh my goodness. Um, and basically said everything that had just happened. And then it had kind of been okay for a little while. Jimin like announced she was like leaving the industry. She's like, quit. She's like, I quit AOA. I'm leaving the industry. Like private citizen life for me. Mina hops on Instagram to be like, she says that we'll see in six months. Her YouTube channel's still up. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> and basically, the problem was, again, because I work weird hours again, early mornings, I'm still, like, in line with, like, the Korean time zone. So when I take five minutes to not feel like working and open Instagram, and then when now it's Mina's bloody wrist, it's like, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. This is about to be Hannah Kimura again. And mercifully, it does not appear to be so. Um, okay. Because people were, I think Mina had gotten some DMs. People had noticed that she had initially, on, she hadn't been following, like, Jimin on Instagram to begin with, but then noticed that she slowly, like, kind of, like, dropped the other ones. Um, and people were, like, because, I don't, I don't know if fans want to believe that they're still, like, happy family or whatever, like, even though she left, that they're still friends. But they noticed that and started hopping in her 
hop in her DMs and in her comments asking her what's about that. And she posted another bunch of a bunch of it'd just be like a black screen with a big block of text and like right. Facebook's machine translation to try and figure out what they're saying. Um, Ani doesn't mean actual sister. Facebook Translate. Uh, you piece that together when you get the English, and she's like talking about nineteen sisters, and it's like no Ani's basically saying. Long and short, that, like, if you break down the rest of the members, one was Jimin's best friend, so he wasn't really fucking with her to begin with. The Macne, again, the youngest, was, like, she felt kind of dismissed her concerns when they all came to talk to her, so she dropped her, and then as far as the other two, she's like, I kind of, you know, I like them, but I gotta put all this shit away, like, I gotta leave all this shit behind me, basically. And then I guess she just kept thinking about it, and it kept swirling, and, I mean, she ain't been right since then, because it was, like, 11, she... According to her, allegedly, it was, like, 11 years of just, like, bullying and being torn down. Yeah. And so what I had just seen that reminded me was the old label, her old label, which is FNC, which is um, AOA's current management, um, posted a statement, which people were screaming for, because it's like, how did this happen on your watch? Like, you're supposed to be, you're the agency, you're supposed to be taking care of them, sort of Well, we... We know yeah. that, that is. Yeah. Um, and they basically said they um, – the stance they're taking is they had told the members not to make statements, and they're n- trying not to make any statements because they don't want arguments about what people think is true or false to just continue dragging this out. Right. Um, they are saying, you know, we want to put Mina's health above all, so we're trying to just, like, put a pin in this. As far as we know, Jimin's leaving the industry. Um. Mina had also made some, said some shit about, um, you know, that she wasn't paid enough or like, cause the whole thing is like, it's indentured servitude. If we're being real, like you get hired as a trainee mm-hmm. and they pay for everything and then you owe it back. Yeah. Um, and Mina had made some claims about that, that like she never got a clear, clear financial picture on, uh, what she was owed or what she should be getting paid or things like that. So there was mention of that. Um, and again, I, like I said, I don't want the last thing. I need is two bullying suicides of, you know, young women in the entertainment, in the Asian inter- entertainment industry this year. Please. Thank you. Um, and it seems to be, she seems to have gotten help. Hopefully they have taken her phone and are like giving her more intense treatment right now. Cause she seems to, she seems to need it. It seems yeah. like the whole experience left that girl pretty broke and uh yeah hopefully hopefully even if it means leaving the industry and she was trying to act she had just done a photo shoot like an instagram live like this week and seemed in good spirits but i mean depression is not an either or like it's it's a rich tapestry and hopefully she can get the help that she needs and that the industry is uh has improved enough um to provide it without, you know, nixing her career if she still wants to have one. Anyway. Well, I, I, I could see her maybe not wanting to do that. Very likely, and probably at this point she shouldn't. But, you know, if you owe $3 million to an entertainment company, yeah, you're not going not gonna to pay that back working in a bookstore. So, so I guess then, before we move on to Watch Around Proper, it's time for updates. Kate, did you actually watch anything this week? Um, I did, but I wanted to very quickly go through some of the things I watched while on break, which I... <laughs> things you remembered? Yes, finally. I was like, what did I watch? I know I watched something. So I'll just do it really quickly. Um, a couple of them are um, things we tried to watch, which we could not get through. Mm. And then some of them are actually things to watch. So um, we watched uh, the first two Indiana Jones movies. Oh, which I have not seen for a very long time and are going to be watching the third soon. Um, Stop there. I... Sorry? Stop there. No, no, the third one's fantastic. No, I'm saying watch the third one and oh, stop oh, there. Oh, stop after the third. I haven't seen the fourth one, so I actually think I am going to watch it. Oh, my. Just so that I can say I've seen it. <laughs> and, and maybe I'll like it. Who knows? I'm a weirdo. Um, the... Uh, I so I watched that. I watched The Great on Amazon. Uh, yeah, that show we talked about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but I mean, I finished it. Oh, you finished it. 
I watched Conan the Destroyer, which I hadn't seen. <laughs> I came late to uh, uh, Conan the Barbarian, um, so That's uh, I have not. I, I had not seen Conan the Destroyer, which was actually quite good. Is that still Ernie? Ernie Conan? Oh yeah, yeah, still Ernie Conan. Um, they were supposed to make a third one, but. Uh, it never happened, and now I think they've been going back and forth on making a, a final one um, while Arnie is still alive and kicking. Um, we dove into Star Trek, the animated series. I was going to say, is this Below Decks or is it something else? No, no, no. This is like the original Star Trek, oh. the animated series. Ooh. Like from the 60s. Okay. It was very interesting, um, and it really underscores the kind of campiness of Star Trek, Mm -hmm. Um, but also, like, that they had no... It was a place for, like, your imagination to really soar. Um, You know, people get very, like, you can't do that on Star Trek, and I'm like, I will punch you. (laughs) You can do anything on Star Trek. You can have talking cat people. Um, So, yeah, there's that. Um, And then we tried to watch... Uh, Transformers War on Cybertron. Okay. Don't do it. Really? Um, we we got through like, and Chris loves Transformers. Like his favorite movie is the Transformers movie from 1986. I was gonna say, like my my um, nine year old self got super amped when I saw the trailer for that thing. I know. Well, it I can't remember his name. I'm so sorry, but the gentleman who usually does the voice from Optimus for Optimus Optimus Prime, not doing the voice. I understand. He probably wants to retire, but then you need to get someone who has an amazing either different version of Optimus Prime voice or whatever, and the person they got just is not up to the job. Shots fired! Shots fired! I'm sorry, whoever you are, if you ever listen to this episode and I make you cry, you're not a very good Optimus Prime. <laughs> um, and, like, I I watched uh, this last week, I watched the, the Heart of Batman, the documentary. Okay, yeah. Um, fantastic, though some of the sound mixing was a little weird. Um, but they, like, scoured. She said, I think the the um, voice uh, director said she listened to over 300 voices. Right. They did not do that for Transformers War on Cybertron. <laughs> um, then also literally could only watch, like, the first 10 minutes of The Warrior Nun. The um, Warrior Nun? <laughs> terrible what is your algorithm you just mentioned all these shows that like i never hear of well it's i told you it's a little it's a little wild um then uh on youtube i have been watching two things that i just like totally i think i've watched like every video of um something called struggle meals which basically the um, Chef Frankie, he makes like meals that per serving are are like under two dollars. Mm. So that's been interesting. And then um, there is a channel called The Minimal Mom, and the woman who is who it's her channel. She is a mom. She's a mom of four of them, like Minnesota. Um, you know, so so like my life. Um, <laughs> But really, I watch it because I'm I'm interested in minimalism, but without being like losing functionality. Right. And she's just like super down to earth, and I wish we were friends. Like she's just she's not like a one of those mommy bloggers or YouTube moms. Like it, stuff doesn't look perfect all the time, and she like literally goes into drawers and is like, "This is how it is," or "This is." you know, what we don't spend money on or whatever. So she's very down to earth and it's been very interesting. Um, And then uh, this last week, I've been watching the Umbrella Academy. And? And, Sorry? And? Ah, fantastic. Really good. Um, I will never get over being able to see lots of parts of Hamilton. Seeing lots of parts of Hamilton? Yeah, they filmed the whole thing in Hamilton. Oh, they filmed it in Hamilton. Not the musical. <laughs> that you're like going back and watching selected scenes of Hamilton. Oh, no. No, they no, filmed the, the whole city. thing in Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton City. And uh, I get to be like, hey, I know where that is. And then even when they were filming, we were downtown in Hamilton at that time. Many, many years ago when you could go places. Mm. And um, 
And we were like, what is going on? Because they had put all these, like, facades on a lot of the buildings, right. like old signage. And I was like, what is going on here? And I was like, oh, they must be filming uh, from, for the Umbrella Academy. And they were. So that was pretty cool. And then finally, I watched the very first episode of Star Trek Below Decks. And? It was so good. <laughs> but you have to just throw what you want Star Trek to be out the window. I'm it's sure. It's basically Star Trek plus Futurama. Yeah. But, like, on, on cocaine. Yeah, you need to appreciate that this is a comedy. Yes, very, very much so. It has definitely notes of, like, the Orville um, as well. So, but it, it was so good. We we laughed the whole episode. And then we've seen the trailer, and even parts in the trailer, like, had us howling. Um, so, yeah, so if you want your pretentious TNG, <clears throat> you can get the fuck out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to have to make some time for that. Uh, I didn't know it was out. I had heard, you know, they've been, they've been talking about it for, I think I asked you like 15 times if you watched Blow Decks, not knowing that it hadn't been released yet. But um, I've seen some mixed opinions. I don't know. I don't know the philosophical leanings of the people who have been mixed on it. But by and large, I've heard, I've heard really good things about it. Mm-hmm. I'll have to make some time for that. That's what you got? That's what I got. That was my rundown. I know we have a, like a hard out, so I wanted to be like, snappy about it all right i'll try to keep this snappy as well um things i've watched again i just want to shout out the uh say you fan sub community out there in the world specifically actually shigure i don't know who this person is on youtube but they like their channel they put in the work and they say apparently they say they're quitting all the time like it's too much work and they don't feel like it but they keep putting a video so just (laughs) nobody tell them they said they were quitting um his their I don't I don't know the gender their clear bias is um, I think I think her name is just Amy her last name might be Amy uh, Terakawa but professionally she just goes by Amy or Amy um, she voices Kasumi and Bang Dream she's like the lead the lead Bang Dream uh, character she was the reason the whole project started apparently because um, she was in another franchise called the Idol Master and played a guitar at one of their live shows and the president of Bushy Road was like. Girls playing guitars. Wow. So the whole reason you have Bang Dream is for her. And she's also um, like the queen of Yuri Bait. She really loves starting with the other <laughs> with the other voice actresses. Mm. And actually Shiguri really likes <laughs> when Amy flirts with the other voice actresses. <laughs> so for okay. their birthday, they made themselves a present, just like a 20-minute compilation. Again, on the list of things that like I'm sad that I can't force Kate to watch, a 20-minute video. <laughs> <laughs> of of Aimee Terakawa being pervy with the other with the other uh, voice actresses from Bang Dream is p- very possibly high on the list. Um, another interesting thing, going back to you know mental illness in the uh, Asian entertainment industry, this guy appears to be a legend. I, I don't you know not, I don't care about dudes, um, but this one guy, I want to make sure I get the name right. I don't even know if I brought this up on the show before, but he apparently seems to be like rapidly approaching legend status for like this gen of voice actors. He did Kirito and sword art line. He did uh Soma in food wars. He's on demon slayer right now. Like <laughs> food wars. He does, he does a shit ton of stuff. His name is Masuoka Yoshitsuku. And for the longest time, he's gotten a lot better, but I mean, he got into voice acting so he could be in a room by himself or with like four other people. So him getting, having to do all these like, you know, radio shows and live streams and special events and all the shit that you have to ask that, you know, say are beholden to do in the industry. He does not really fuck with. And they have really poked at this over the years because he's got really crazy social anxiety. And if he, if he like misspells, if he misspeaks, he gets super like anxious and horrified at himself. Like, and you can see it. Like he did not not great with eye contact. Like there was one there's one clip of him where like I don't know if it was like, you know, every twenty like likes or something, whatever whatever metric they were meeting on the social media portion of the stream, they would then start a thing where it was Sugu and one of the girls having a conversation just the two of them for like five minutes. Yeah. As they're like, Can you even look over here? And he's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> But apparently over the years, 
the, the fan community has really shipped him and this other woman, uh, Kayano Ai, who she apparently is the one he's like, has felt comfortable around. So like you have seen all these like new sides of him from doing stuff with her. Like they were drinking on a stream once that I saw and he got like buzzed and just watching him sort of like improve over like years of say you streams has been really interesting and I wouldn't have access to any of that if it wasn't for these, for these cats who like spend their Saturday nights putting out, uh, putting out fan subs of live Nico, Nico Rama live streams. So thanks to y'all. Cause again, as I've said before in these weird times, there's nothing more delightful for me than watching say you have to do dumb shit. Oh, that's right. That's what else is connected to that. Say <laughs> so doing dumb shit. Um, I think before we went into lockdown, some of these had gotten fan subbed, and I showed them to you, of um, Ina Iba from Roselia teaching an English class to some of the other cast members. Did I ever show you those? I don't think so. Okay. Well, the gimmick is she's terrible. Um, <laughs> she does not speak. Oh, wait. No, no, no. You have. You have. Yes. And she, I've like, seen a couple of she, them. She, like, screams no every time they do something wrong. Yes. Like, you need emotion. Emotion. No. Emotion. Emotion. That's the masakana. Where's your dogwa emotion? Fulam. <laughs> she's like, she's a former pro wrestler, so she's like fucking nuts. Bang Dream, Bushy Road, whoever, has started doing for the English market Aina Iba's English Club <laughs> with two of the other girls. Wow. And those go up every Friday, subbed and done. <laughs> the last one, they included a clip of the staff yelling at her because she's too, like, she spazzes out too much and was like out of the shot. <laughs> Again, I just really like that they have chosen to do this. Any any bone that gets thrown to like the Western fandom officially is like like my god, when Perfume started putting out like actual subtitle shit from their fan club, we lost our damn minds. <sighs> New perfume single, Time Warp. Time Warp comes out September. Wait oh my for, gosh. Wait for that. I saw somebody float the because you know, the, again, fandoms. You get a whiff of all we have is a promo photo. That's it. It's them and some outfits right. looking fierce, but that's it. What do you think the song is going to sound like? Motherfucker, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know anything. Why are you speculating? Um, I heard somebody say, like, because the song's called Time Warp, and they've kind of mentioned that it's kind of like, you know, retro future, whatever. Whatever. It doesn't, doesn't mean anything. And they are good at many things, but describing their own music has never been one of them. Um, I heard somebody float, like, maybe it's like a city pop throwback. I'm like, don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare put the notion of the Queens doing city pop into my head. Ah, speaking of city pop, shouts to uh, Japan for doing their city pop on vinyl day yesterday. <laughs> Who spent four bills by 5 a.m.? This cat. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, HMV. Jordan. Thank you, HMV Japan. What? I went back to work. Stop. I went back to work. Stop. We had dry July. This was my last, this was my last hurrah. Before I slowly watch my nest egg bleed out. No, no, because you know what you need to do? Mm. You need to start saving your pennies so when all of this is over and who knows when, you can't, you don't just go to Tokyo. You spend like a month in Japan. You go to Osaka and you go to the place where they make all that gold leaf. And you go to the place where they, <laughs> only place where they make that indigo dye. And you go to that place where they make that only like Japanese sauce. Well, that's one thought. The other thought that you put in my head was maybe if it's years from now, y'all start saving your fucking pennies. Yeah, I'm already saving pennies, All right, dork. Save your pennies, but, dork. <laughs> yeah, but I don't have a problem I'm, buying albums that are ridiculously expensive. They're not. They're not ridiculous. Six albums. They are. They are. That's not, that's not that expensive. Six albums for four hundred dollars. That ain't that bad. Oh my! Oh, 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 it wasn't even. Oh. No, it was the shipping that got you. So the shipping that got you. So what? It's all part of the same bundle. <laughs> Don't bundle them together. It's not part of the same bundle. Nope. I saved for like six months to buy a dresser that nope. was only like $150. No bundler. No bundler, you. Uh, also about a dresser. <laughs> I'm a grown-up. It's a fire dresser, y'all. <laughs> Um, nothing else really, uh, on the watching side of things, but a couple more interesting things on the playing side of things. Uh, last week we talked about Tapsonic. Tapsonic is out. Fuck Tapsonic. That game was, wow. that game was that garbage. Was it was fast. It's been garbage. replaced. It's been replaced with two. Oh no. Um, no, but I mean, hold on. 
So the two that it got added with, and again, again, these are older games, so I can get ready to hear Grandpa talk about 2016's hottest uh, apps. One is called uh, Vose, and one is called Archaea, and they're both very interesting for what they do to the mechanic. They are straight rhythm games. There's no waifus here. Um, what Archaea will do is it's a standard rock band like Highway, like Note Highway, with the little like bricks that come down and you tap them. But then there's a bar two thirds up the screen, and these little like snake notes will go up there that slide around. So basically, they're like sky notes and ground notes, and it plays with like the visual aspect of that. So you might be tapping on the bottom and the top at the same time, and sliding the top around while tapping the bottom. You might have two on the top that are crisscrossing over each other because they can also go up down to the ground and back up. Yeah. That's, mm. Remember last week when I said flipping the track made my brain <laughs> rewire? Yep. yep. <laughs> um, a more interesting one is possibly Vose. Vose has been around for a fair bit, I think. It's by a studio called Rayarch, which has kind of like made their bones doing rhythm games. Um, got a port to the Switch a couple years ago or last year. And its jam is you have a bar at the bottom and the notes fall, little diamonds, little red diamonds fall from fall from the sky. But it's got a real, like, sinus... What, what's that when, like, colors and sounds and smell, everything, like, blurs... Your senses blur together? What's that? Synesthesia? Synesthesia. It's, it's working that lane a little bit because there's no set number of lanes on the highway. Depending on what the song is doing or what you've done, if you've swiped, the lanes might swipe with you. They might change color. They might kind of vibrate with the bass or something, like... The little rainbow mm. effect that you tap when the little rainbow explosion that you when you hit a note right, like it's very it's very interesting. It's really kind of like a soothing experience to play because all the color stuff that's happening and all the all the movement. Um, still, when you start looking at song options, I don't know what it is about. Give me a good jammy pop song on these games any day of the week. I don't need like like I don't need that from. <laughs> From my rhythm games, I don't need to. Like I don't need that, but for some reason, developers still think harder levels demand that. Um, but ultimately, as enjoyable as these games are, they're real quick dip in and outs for me because I've realized, which I guess I already knew, they're missing the one key component, Caitlin. Which is gambling. Oh God! There's no gambling. Problem. There's no gambling for songs. There's no rare cards. There's no there's no waifus. You just expect me to like play the songs? I mean, okay, I guess it's fun for five minutes. There's no grind for um, there's no grind for stars, so I can pull a gacha. Like apparently, this is a very um, important for me. Apparently, I, but I mean, I'm surprised you didn't already know that. <laughs> Shut your mouth. I mean, mouth. best girl, best girl was like, it, we had to like go through the girls to find best girl. We did. Like, we had, like, it was like an hour it was of our not, lives. It was not an hour of our, how dare you? It was not an hour of our lives. It was. <laughs> it was not. Friends, go on the Twitter, you'll see my excitement that uh, the current event in Bang Dream puts Kaoru and Tomoe in the same band, and I got to dress them alike, and I'm super happy about it. How can I? <laughs> Friends, we put a pause right here. That's all I got into. When we come back, August Watch Rama commences in earnest when your girl and I are going to get into Netflix's The Old Guard. Yeah. <laughs> She's amped up, y'all. We'll get into that. We come back after this break. Welcome back to the part of the show where we talk about sometimes the things we brought each other, but not now, because it's August Watcharama. August Watcharama. Kate. Yeah. What's August Watcharama? Uh, like, what is it? What happens during it? Yeah. People might um, not know. Well, you're, tr- you're right. So what usually happens is Jordan and I give each other something to watch that we haven't watched before, but during August Watcharama, uh, we don't do that. We are like, hey, we have all these things that come out in the summer. And we should probably just both watch a bunch of stuff. There's so, so we pick a couple things. Much content, like, hey, y'all. Let's watch it. 
Let's have opinions. Good times. <laughs> Good times. So the rules still apply. We haven't had the rules regularly for a while. Well, I guess we did. Opportune June, we still had the rules. But we do have the rules, the first one being the rule of three, where we will give the thing three episodes or chapters or whatever to give it a chance to be the thing it's going to be. Not relevant this week. Nope. A movie. Rule number two, hashtag save it for the pod. Don't talk about the thing until we are sitting in front of our respective microphones. Sometimes we don't even know if we've even seen the other thing. That's how little we talk about it before we record an episode. Very occasionally I get nervous that I've watched the wrong thing. (laughs) One day it's going to happen. Has it ever happened? Oh, it has. It has definitely happened. Geek Down Historians. I'm so glad you forgot. Get back out there and hit me up on the times where Caitlin Loki just watched or read the wrong thing. Um... And hashtag number three, not really a hashtag number three, hashtag number three. Sure, why not? (laughs) Rule number three, not so much a rule, but a hashtag policy. There's going to be spoilers. Yes, lots of spoilers. If you don't don't like spoilers, and you're like, no, spoilers, they ruined the thing I'm going to watch, then very nicely, I hope that you won't take offense when I tell you to please get the fuck out. Enjoy your Sunday getting the fuck out. So, when it was time to figure out what August Watch Ramble was going to be, I was like, hey, Kate, what are we going to watch? And Kate hit me back with this pretty much immediately. And that was The Old Guard, which is a 2020 film, film currently on your Netflixes. It is an American, they're classifying it as a superhero film here on Wikipedia. I mean, I guess. Um, I guess. It's like if everyone was Wolverine. <laughs> directed by Gina prince Bythewood. Written by Greg Rucka, based on his comic book of the same name. Film stars Charlize Theron, Kiki Lane, Matthias Schoenartz. I'm going to mispronounce so many names in this reading. Just a heads up and apologies to all. Uh, Marwan Kanzari, Luca Marinelli, Harry Melling, Van Veronica, Nyo, and, oh, God, are you better at his name? Chibotel Ejiofor? Chibotel Ejiofor? Oh, hold on, hold on. I have to look at it, but yes. Um, Chiwetel Ejiofor. You did it right. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Sir, if I got it wrong, I apologize. You're a wonderful actor. Uh, The movie follows a team of immortal mercenaries on a revenge mission. This came out on July 10th, 2020 on Netflix. When Kate told me what it was, I was like, what the hell is that? And then I went, oh, it's the reason Charlize Theron was on all my YouTube suggestions last month. Because she was out Mm -hmm. doing doing press for all this sort of thing. Um, So, yeah. Basically... Charlie Theron and four, four, are there four others? Three others? No, it's just three. It's just four of them to start, right? Yeah. They are, have been around immortal since forever. Um, and they have sort of acted as mercenaries, hired guns, taking jobs as they deem fit. And basically they kind of get embroiled into this plot to, uh, kidnap them for big pharma wants to use them to manufacture antibodies or research them or do science, sciencey stuff to the benefit of all mankind while kidnapping them and taking their freedom. And basically it's the difference between profit and, and moral good, right? Yes. Um, and then your B plot that merges into the A plot is there is a new one, a new immortal yep. that emerges at the same time. That is Nile who is a U.S. Marine who gets killed in Afghanistan and then resurrects. And there's this thing where they all share the same dreams, apparently. So the other four dream of her and she dreams of them. And their paths sort of merge together. And, yeah, then a couple of them get kidnapped by the big farmer bro, who is clearly Martin Shkreli. Um, And... It's the hoodie hoodie jacket combo. It's the the hoodie suit jacket. It's like such a good touch. Um, I, we can get into details momentarily, but I mean, <laughs> hot take, Kate, how'd you like this? I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. It, there were hard parts though. Define hard. Like hard to know and watch, like will haunt me forever. <laughs> like someone being put in an iron maiden like, and then thrown into the ocean and drowning over and over okay, again for 500 say, de- years kind of talk about somebody drowning <laughs> is it going to be somebody drowning over repeatedly for four centuries um yeah although nice segue i'm not a smart man i am not one of okay. these people who <laughs> it's a clean drop for y'all i'll save that one for myself for later um 
I'm not one of these sorts who like, as much as I like enjoy the mechanics of storytelling and have devoted a lot of time and energy reading about it and learning about it. When I plop my ass in front of something, I generally don't pay any attention or look for the wires. Right. Right. I could see everything coming here. And before I knew it was a comic book, I was like, is this a comic book? Um, <laughs> and I yeah. kind of expect better from Greg Rucka because I've been a fan of his work for a very long time. I mean, again, it's a to- two different mediums completely. Um, but like, you know, when they spend so much time talking about girl who gets thrown in Lake, she's clearly coming back before the end of it. <laughs> and I don't yeah. think I'm even that smart for knowing that. I just think it's like super obvious. And there were a few moments like that, that like, Remember when we talk about Brian K. Vaughn or when I talk about Brian K. Vaughn and it's always like you get to his last page and you go, oh, you motherfucker. And then you see how obvious it was. Yeah, it was so obvious laid out, but you didn't. He he camouflages it well enough that you don't realize until you get to the mm, the button of the last page. Um, Mm -hmm. That didn't happen here. You I knew where the buttons were coming, which I I guess I guess. There's also a difference in like what you want out of your action movies. And that leads to like what on the one hand I can say like the storytelling was really obvious here. On the other hand, I don't know who the uh action direct choreographer was on this, but there's some good ass action scenes in this movie. Oh yeah, they were really good. Um and like Charlize Theron and the other actors did a ton of, of work, like physical learning how to do the action scenes. I know they obviously have stunt doubles, they have you know, huge teams that help them. Um, but they were really, they really pour themselves into learning the martial arts that they needed to, um, how to use the weapons they wielded. Mm. Um, that was really cool. Um, other nitpicks on my end uh, from my notes. Most people did well. I don't know. Like, I can't speak to the, uh, you know, credit list of all the actors in this film. To me, it really felt like uh, it was good that they had Charlize Theron in this movie, but unfortunate that she probably ate up a lot of the acting budget. Niall was a bit. Oh, of a t- I really like. Niall was oh, a tough I hang. Really Niall was her. a tough hang. <laughs> oh, I liked her. I was cool with her by the end, but her early scenes as she processes what she's <laughs> what she's in is community theater vibes. No shots, but Aww. shots. But <laughs> I really liked her. I thought she gave a really like real performance um i thought from coming from like these things on netflix that i like tried to watch specifically the um warrior nun there's this idea of like the usually white girl who gets plucked out of her life that's like really feisty Mm. and i really like that niall showed to be like very competent from a background that was like you know middle to lower class in the United States. Um, and, but still was intelligent. And I didn't think, I didn't think anything of her acting particularly. Like I didn't think it was bad or amazing, but I, I liked her as a character and I, I thought she did a good job. Well, the character was fine by the time she was chucking herself out of a like 70 story window at the end of the movie. I was like, all right, cool. But like, there were definitely scenes where she was like, you know, processing the emotionalness where I'm like, you're next to Charlize Theron. I'm sorry, <laughs> basically. Like, Charlize Theron is Charlize Theron, and a lot of people are not going to be Charlize Theron. Yeah, I guess. Um, I'll, I'll make, again, I'm doing that thing where I make it sound like I hated the movie. I didn't hate the movie. I didn't think it was like, you know, was it the, was it the marquee experience of my year? Will I remember it come December when I'm doing my media diary? Uh, maybe not. Maybe I will have, <laughs> maybe I will have forgotten I ever watched it. As I was just skimming through the uh, the Wikipedia page here, I see a note that uh, Rucka was very adamant that when it sold, that uh, a major scene highlighting the relationship between Joe and Nikki from the comic had to be in the adaptation, which I'm assuming is probably the scene where I do not remember each one's name. Is that Joe with the beard? Is that Joe with the beard I or can't Nikki? Remember. <laughs> one of them, a, a Marine or some paramilitary guy makes a... Makes a crack about them being boy about them being boyfriends. Um, Yeah, and one of them launches into this monologue about how you know they've been together for you know about 
hundreds of years basically and how that term is just so insufficient and it's yeah. like it's like a great it's like a great scene <laughs> and then they just start yeah. making out <laughs> while handcuffed in between all these like paramilitary yeah. types and i also really like that they like showed like just brief shots like of them cuddling mm. and i'm like oh it's so cute and that like they're making cracks as they're like getting tortured and they <laughs> there's one scene near the end where i think it's nikki he gets shot in the head Right. And, like, Joe, because I think Joe is the one with the beard, he's, like, you can see he's concerned that Nikki's not going to get back up. It's just this, this very brief moment, but he's, like, always making sure that he's okay, um, even after all these years, which I think that is a very, it's such a short little scene, but it just, it means so much for the characters, um, and I really like that. Well, it's, he's concerned even after all these years because he's been killed in front of him, but also, and this comes up to another one of my, another one of my nitpicks from a storytelling perspective, where the idea is, yes, they're immortal, but it just they just might not be at some point. Yes. And that question Which is, I think is a... never really answered, and I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Like, when do you stop being immortal? Well, when, we, when the story needs you to not be immortal anymore. I guess. And also I think that it, it, it still gives them this, like, it's, it's that thing that they want, but they probably also fear. Mm. It's so kind I of, think that's interesting. And it's kind of alluded to that maybe there's like a Highlander, only so many of them, <laughs> Sirens and Borderlands type of thing. Like there can only be so many of them at a given time. So right. when Niall sort of awakens to her immort- immortality, Andy's, the Charlie Theron characters, uh, starts to fade. Yeah. And they never, I guess it's confirmed that it's gone by the end of the movie. Um, because, of course, there's a betrayal at some point. One of the one of the crew has betrayed them because he wants to die. He's had enough. Um, yeah. And he thinks, you know, Pharma Bro will find a way to cure them so they can die, which he thinks is what they want. Um, I like that bit at the end where, like, you know, he does the right thing and... And ends up rescuing them, but you know there's got to be there's got to be a cost, and it's basically like, yeah, see you back here in a hundred years. And he says to the Andy character, it's like you know, well I'm not going to see you again, like admitting that she doesn't have a hundred years left. Um, yeah. So I mean, I like I like that the the flagrant you know sequel bait in the end of the movie was like, okay, but I'm not mad at it, like. You put out the older guard in 2022. I'm going to watch it. Like <laughs> the older guard. Yes. Amazing. Great title. Put um, that on the wall. <laughs> Do not put that on the wall. <laughs> if I said Greg Rucka, if you reach for that, I will hit you with a spray bottle. No, Greg Rucka. Do better. No, no. Bad, bad. Bad Greg Rucka. Um, don't be a show like me. So, I mean, it's, it reminded me a lot of like a solid, minus Saturday afternoon showcase action like movie. Yeah. Where I feel like a lot of the money. I think I'm like you say, I'm not mad at it, right? Like I wanted a good action movie that like think about it. I really love dread, right? Like dread is like not something to write home about. But sometimes just having good solid like good action action movies with some interesting parts thrown in and Ejiofor, who's a who's great and everything like that is fun for me and i like that Charlize theron is becoming in the way that like arnold schwarzenegger or hmm. the rock is becoming like an action film mm-hmm. actor like i really like that um i liked the characters i want to hang with the characters again I think that's always important in an action film, like in they, Red. They had good chemistry from the like, jump, the four, the main four. Yeah. So, and I, you know, again, I like that Niall, like, embraces her immortality and is just like, we're falling out a window. And that scene was amazing. <laughs> and then, like, all her bones being all out of place. That was pretty so gnarly. <laughs> that was gnarly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I like all that that stuff. Um, and then also the mix of, like, the use of... Um, uh, firearms and of ancient weaponry. Right. I thought it was really cool. Her, oh, that axe. I love that axe so much. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just, you know, there were things, the, the markers of being, like, 
just a standard action movie is the fact that like the villain is so villainy. And oh my god! I mean, like, I had to let that go I mean, they, at some point. I was like initially like writing down like this guy just exists to like twirl his mustache, but then yeah, realized what but I was watching, and I was like, it's fine, <laughs> it's fine. Think about like um, Die Hard, right? Like it's like there are characters that are just evil for evil's sake, and he got literally they got Harry Potter's brother or or sorry cousin from the movie. To play the villain. Is that who that like, dude was? I would never rec- I yeah. would never recognize him, but Yeah, so he's like made to play bad guy, like right. villains, right? Like um but anyways, and he dies at the end, which is all we really want. Um Also, you so like yeah. it you likened it to Dread? Final nitpick, you know what else Dread was? What? Ninety minutes. Oh, this isn't too long. <laughs> eh, skirted right up to the edge. If they tried to milk two and a half out of this, I would have been like mm, punch drop. <laughs> Two two hours, you're right on the cusp. Um, so I guess I would probably. I mean, we're both rec- we're both recoing it. Um, I'd yeah. probably give it uh, seven and a half. Okay, I give it an eight and a half. Eight and a half. That seems yeah. that seems inflated, but what? Well, okay, I enjoyed it much more you than you did. You yeah, you, 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 you have to you have to justify it. It just I th- I thought I was being unfair when I said seven and a half, and then you said eight and a half, and I'm like, well, I know it's definitely not eight and a half, but. Well, it's eight and a half for me. That's the point, Jordan. That's the point. Get it together. <laughs> oh man, you know it's definitely going to be eight and a half. I'm just saying it right now. I'm just, I'm just out here at the plate, pointing to, pointing to the outfield. You know it's going to be at least an eight and a half. What? Tiny creatures next week. I'm, I'm not going to say anything, but I got, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What? I don't know. I'm excited, are you, but like, are you ambivalent? It has a lot to live up to. I was gonna say, are you are you, are you hesitant? Do you remember Hidden Kingdoms and how amazing yes. that series was? I, it has a lot to live up to. Smoke them if you got them. They all were watching nature documentaries for next week. <laughs> tiny, I'm, I'm gonna fuck it up so many times. It's Tiny Creatures. Is this one? Tiny Creatures. And Hidden Kingdoms was the old one. Yeah, even the name is better. <laughs> well, we'll be watching Tiny Creatures on Netflix for next week. If you want to hang with us for that, friends, sorry it's kind of like a speedy episode this week. We had to we had to get in where we fit in this week because I got to go deal with the public. If you want to chime, go, go work. <laughs> You're a working man now. Oh, uh, again. But at least at least I have circadian rhythms again. That's that's enjoyable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's always a plus. It's silver linings, right? It's silver linings. Friends, if you want to chide me for having to, you know, go back into the world of employment, you can do that on any of our socials, primarily Twitter. It's your best chance for a response. Anything else will get you ignored because we are not on Facebook aside from a mandatory new new episode post every week. Kate. Yeah. Thanks for hanging. Thanks for hanging to you too. Friends, thanks for hanging. Stay sane. Stay safe as always. We're still going to be in this for a while, and we hope we are continuing to bring you an hour plus of joy every week in the madness that is all of our lives. Thank you for hanging. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and we hope that you will join us next week for another fantabulous episode of the Geek Down Podcast. Macaroni in the pot! Kayla McKinnon didn't need a song about WAP. No, I did not, but I appreciate it. Already, she was already well aware. <laughs>